This is episode number 46 of the Paleo Women Podcast. Welcome to the Paleo Women Podcast. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. And with me is my partner in crime, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. This show is the place to be if you're a fan of moderately amusing banter and uninhibited real talk relating to health, nutrition, fitness, body image, and just about everything in between. While hanging out with us, please remember the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used in place of medical advice or treatment. Now, let's have some fun. thinking about what I was going to say here for like the last five minutes. And I, I decided I was going to, I was going to make a sound and be like, da, na, 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 na. The ESPN sound, really? Well, yeah. Well, I just, I make the sound of my life. And then sometimes it sounds more like Super Mario, like da, na, 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 you know. But then I got really nervous. So then I thought, well, maybe I'll sing a song. And then I was like, what song? And the only song I could think of was Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Stephanie. And then the time came, and I panicked and froze. <laughs> so here we are. Um, here we are. How was your Christmas? <laughs> Just kidding. I, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I bet it was really awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the episode, so that we're all on the same page here. Uh, the, the episode after Christmas. So I'm anxious to see how our Christmases go. Unfortunately, we can't talk about it here, but I'm sure they're going to be great. Or were great will have been great. yes yeah right so right. um are you so you are actually preparing to come home right at this moment right at this moment yes ha- i am preparing to come home have you figured out what to do with all your shoes i don't think we discussed that <laughs> yeah i well i can't bring things home like my big microphone because right? <laughs> which is causing an issue it's causing us an issue because um, we need to sound fancy for you guys in our audience because we respect your auditory system so much. So anyway, I have to come home with just a little backpack and uh, seven pairs of shoes. I'm, I'm going to tie them to the outsides of my bags. And I think if I put three pairs of shoes, that's six shoes, six shoes on one bag and eight shoes on the other bag. I think I think I'll be okay. I'm not sure if those. <laughs> pretty sure they won't fit in the in the appropriate little you know metal containers you're supposed to fit them into. But it's the holidays, so maybe the TSA will be you know kind and forgiving. Probably not. So <laughs> so um, so I, I are you? Do you actually go dancing in Michigan? Like, is there somewhere you go like Christmas night? Oh, or? do I? <laughs> um, so. Yes. Uh, dancing most, I'm pretty sure dancing the world over is closed on, um, you know, officially yeah. is closed on Christmas Eve and Christmas. But yeah. um, I will be out on the 23rd and the 26th. Um, there is a one singular dancer in Detroit, in particular, whom I am attached to. And in what we way? just um, pretty much all of the ways. <laughs> Mostly sexually. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you asked. Um, <laughs> well, you're not ex- kidding. He's an extraordinary um, dancer. And oh, this is like one of your like. I'm coming Aram- home for one Christmas. of my paramours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, he is such an extraordinary dancer, and we have an amazingly fun time together. Like, like I just can't. If you live in Michigan, come out dancing in Royal Oak. We, on Fridays and Saturdays, start at a Latin club called uh, Cantina Diablos. Mm. You can come see me there. Although, for the new year and the week after, I'll be in Boston, where you should go to Havana Club and meet with me there. So, anyway. Wonderful. Yeah. That is the invitation. That's the invite. So, you can ask me how I'm doing? Yeah, I'm going to ask you how you're doing, although I'm a little bit, like, wary about when you want to step in and move on to the next stuff. So uh, how are you doing, Noelle? I am uh, doing better. My back is still bothering me quite a bit, but my knee is better, so I've been doing non-impact activity. So I am a much happier person, if you cannot tell. I think the last 
like I don't know, a podcast a couple weeks ago. I was like, I'm just pissed because like I just you know, injuries are never fun. Yeah, I've noticed. I kind of I I get injured more. I just I keep hurting myself. Is it because we're getting old? I really I think it's because we're getting I older. Think, like I, I don't I don't want to believe that because I don't think that we are actually that old. Like I I inherently I know that that is not a true thing but it but in reality my husband does say this to me quite often he's like Noelle we're getting older I'm like don't say that because then I feel like then that's going to be my mentality and then that's then I'm going to like manifest it you know what I mean like then I'm just going to start having more issues because I perceive that I'm getting older but it is true as you get older your body doesn't operate the same way and yeah or you know when you're active all the time there's a lot of wear and tear so there is so two announcements before we get into our wonderful uh, guest host and questions today. We have a cool, I created a cool thing. We did something cool and valuable. If you remember our episode 27 and 28, it was our How to Love Your Body podcast. We talked all about all of the things related to body image. And we talked a lot. We gave a lot of just true statements and actionable steps it was a pretty popular podcast. The problem was we didn't actually provide you with any way to take that information other than to sit there and take notes for an hour. So what we did is we created a printable guide with all of the notes from that episode. So if you want to download it, please go to coconutsandkettlebells.com slash episode 27 or episode 28. Both episodes now have that downloadable guide in the show notes. What you'll do is give us your information. We will email it to you. You can download it, save it to your computer, or print it off. I think that will be super helpful. We got pretty smart there and decided to add a little bit more value. Second announcement, the Nutritional Therapy Association is uh, we we've talked about this on a couple uh, prior episodes but that registration is closing February 15th. I think as we're headed into the new year, it's really important to go look at that and revisit uh, now that the holidays are over, revisit some of those goals maybe for yourself. I know a lot of people have been asking me about the program. Just a reminder, again, closes the 15th of February. Um, I would look and consider those costs, and if you can get in now, please do, because I don't think those costs will remain the same. That is all I'm going to say about that. So again, use the code PaleoWomen in that application, and they'll send you a $100 check, which is a pretty awesome deal. Now I'm going to introduce the third party here. It is not just Stephanie and I. We are upping our awesomeness. We have Summer Inanen here with us, who is a certified nutritional practitioner, if you don't know. Um, and she's also a body image coach. She specializes in emotional eating. And more importantly, she's a diet rebel and food lover on a mission to help you feel freaking fearless in your body. What's up, Summer? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited. I was trying so hard not to laugh through your banter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody finds us funny. <laughs> Other than us. Yeah. yeah, no, I was trying really hard. I was like, am I supposed to giggle? Am I supposed to stay quiet? So I, I was like, I, I stayed quiet. That would be cool. We could have, that's what we should bring in, Steph, like live audience sounds. Like, <laughs> like a laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure I take care of that. Yeah, that's true. I, I do a lot of laughing at at me. At ourselves. Yeah. At us. Yeah. yeah. So, Summer, for those who don't know you, I just want to quickly say your website, summerinandin.com. You also have a really cool podcast called the Fearless Rebel Radio Podcast. But tell us just quickly a little bit about yourself and um, who you are. And then we're going to get into some cool questions for today. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned it. I'm a certified nutritional practitioner and body image coach, and I help women to, you know, get off of the chronic dieting cycle and to embrace their body and just feel good as, as who they are. And that really came out of my own, my own journey through, through the same kinds of struggles where, you know, I was like successful in every other area of my life, but I just couldn't seem to get my food or, quote unquote, you know, like weight under control. Um, and, and was able to, you know, get to a place where I have a really good relationship with food and with myself and I feel good in my body now. And so now I help other women to do the same through my online programs and one-on-one -on -one coaching and my book and all that fun stuff. Cool. What? So you just recently came out with a 
body image remix book, book. of some sort? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. My first book. Awesome. So yeah, really exciting. Really, really. I don't, I don't, I don't really have like a short script on it, which I probably should, but <laughs> the, the tagline is <laughs> embrace your body and unleash the fierce, confident woman within. And it's really like to take you step by step through how to, you know, accept your body and then move towards like having unconditional self-love for yourself. So are you ready for questions? Yes. It's going to be a, a sweet fireside roundtable discussion here. Our skin is our largest organ, and what we put on our skin affects our skin's health and integrity. This is why Stephanie and I are so excited to have Dragonfly Traditions as an official supporter of the podcast, because it's something we both personally love and use in our own home. Dragonfly Traditions offers 100% natural skincare products made up of nourishing oils, butters, and beeswax. Our favorites include the lip balm, facial toner, and all-natural deodorant. As a special gift for listeners of the podcast, Dragonfly Traditions is offering a free lip balm with any purchase. Simply go to dragonflytraditions.com slash shop and add the product Paleo Women Podcast to your cart before you check out. You'll be charged a penny, but never fear, Phoebe will send you your penny back with your order. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to dragonflytraditions.com. Question number one is from Madeline. Hi, Stephanie and Noel and Summer. Thank you for being such vibrant and entertaining women. Listening to you each week is an absolute delight. She carries on, but Stephanie will be mad at me if I continue. Over the past <laughs> couple of years, I have done some serious healing, both mentally and physically. After years of being caught in a binge-restrict cycle, paleo and the support of people like yourself have helped me to realize that I actually need to eat enough if I'm ever going to be able to deal with real life, let alone address any of my issues around food. My weight is much more stable now. I don't count calories. I have no idea what kind of macronutrient ratio I eat. I go for what my body tells me it wants and for what is easy. Sometimes this isn't paleo, and I am okay with this. This, The more I allow myself just to relax, the easier it all becomes. This brings me to my question. While I used to thrive off of feeling the feeling of being hungry, we have all been there, and it made me feel in control, I now feel the pendulum has swung too far the other way. I feel like I cannot tolerate hunger at all. As soon as I begin be feeling hungry, I feel a bit frantic that I will not be able to find enough food that I can eat. I am quick to just shove something down that I can find in the fridge, and while this is often a healthy option, I can't stop until I am full. Often this ruins my meals later on, or I still eat the same amount and then up feeling overfull and uncomfortable. I know that eating when I am hungry is a good way to go, but I don't understand why I can't even deal with minimal hunger. I became hangry and teary very quickly, and it's only a bit of food that fixes me. Do you think this is just hypoglycemia and I need to figure out ways to regulate my blood sugar better? In the last six months, I have tried to eat carbs more liberally, but I worry that this might actually not work for me. I take L-glutamine every day after reeling Julia Ross's The Diet Cure, Cure, which suggested this. Any advice you can provide would be appreciated. Um, She's on the copper IUD. And she says she eats mostly paleo, 80-20, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) 82-18. I experienced, I know I say this a lot, but I mean it every single time. I experienced a lot of feelings of empathy while reading this because I have been dealing with a very similar thing. I was actually thinking about it like today and yesterday pretty, pretty devotedly. My experience is that, you know, I'll like, I'll have a meal and then I'll say, oh, I'm going to eat at seven. But around five o'clock, I start to get hungry and I get a little bit like antsy or I can't really focus on my work. And then my options are to like, if I stay away from the kitchen, I'm fine. But it's hard to focus on my work, but I'll be able to eat. I can wait till seven. Right. Or like even if then if I eat at seven and it's not enough or I eat at four I find that stopping before I'm full is quite difficult and I can do it if I like 
have a time limit and I have somewhere I have to like go. You know what? I was doing this before we came on the podcast today. I hadn't eaten enough for dinner and I decided that I would go ahead and like eat before the podcast because I was hungry. Uh, But I didn't get to the point of fullness that I normally get to. And I notice. And so I just want to open by saying I don't think this is pathological at all. We have this idea in our culture. People always say, like, uh, if you want to be healthy, eat like the Okinawans and and only eat until you're, what do they say, three-fifths of the way full or something. Uh, stop before you're full is what they always say. I think that's a, I think that's a bit of a silly idea. I wonder if for those of us who are becoming reacquainted with our hunger signals that we uh, we've sort of become awake to them for for you know the first time and are listening to them. And I spent my whole life trying to not give my body what it wanted and. Now that I know that these signals exist, I'm hyper aware of them. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to want to keep eating until you're full. And perhaps, you know, your body sort of pushes the hunger on you a little bit more strongly than it does on other people because of the starvation type history, right? And if if your hunger signals are are sort of uh, a little bit stronger than they might be for other people, I think it makes sense that your body wants you to, to eat, until you're full and that, you know, you can't really stop until you're full. I don't find anything particularly unhealthy with that. And I think, I think some patience and sort of feeling out how that changes throughout time. I really do think that that mechanism probably relaxes a little bit, but I wouldn't stress about trying to force it there. If that makes sense. Um, Summer. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I just, uh, first, I want to say, was it Madeline? Yes. Madeline? Yep. Congratulations on, like, two years of your journey. Like, I just think that let's celebrate that for a mm-hmm. second. So that's really, really Ooh. good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, having come from, like, a, a similar background of, you know, a lot of, like, chronic restriction, I think hunger used to be this, like, thing that you tried to resist and like fight against and you saw it as like a a negative thing um and on top of that like mealtime used to be this thing where like you ate all the food you had because that was like your allotment for the day right like that's kind of like the dieter way of thinking is that like okay this is my meal and that's all I have and I have to go until like 5 p.m again before I eat so like I better eat everything here and you know I'm gonna try and tune out hunger until I get to my next meal. So like, yeah, as you become reacquainted with like normal hunger signals, it can feel kind of shocking, kind of different. And so I think one thing is to really just give yourself that permission to eat, like when you want to eat, when you need to eat um, and make sure it's the things you do want to eat. Like I know you said you're trying to eat carbs more, which is generally a good a good thing, especially if you've come from like that background of, of restriction. So, um, really asking yourself, like, am I, am I giving myself just permission to eat, you know, when I want to eat stuff and the stuff that I want to eat and making sure that you're, you're actually giving yourself that permission and that there's no like, you know, rules that are still kind of existing in your mind. So a lot of times, like what I'll see is women who have this idea that like I should only eat, you know, like three meals a day. And so therefore, like if they get hungry in between a meal, they kind of like panic about Mm -hmm. it. And so one of the things I try to have them do is like just break free of that, of that like consistent thinking in terms of like I have to have three meals a day, like just eat when you're actually hungry. And if that looks like you're eating six meals a day, if that looks like you're eating three meals a day, like whatever it is for you, like just learning to like obey your hunger And really trust that, like, you can eat when you want to eat and that food is abundant, you know? I think, like, if we come from this background of thinking food is scarce, um, which is, like, a diet frame of mind, like, a restriction frame of mind, um, it takes a while to really program that, like, no, food is abundant. Like, I actually can have it anytime I want. And if I feel a little hungry sometimes, like, it's not an emergency because I know, like, the food's always going to be here. I can have it anytime I want. Um, and I think that that takes a while to really just like condition yourself and get used to it. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I actually think if you poll a lot of 
people who have had a history of restrictive eating in some way that you will find that it's almost like, well, first of all, binging after that or having some sort of problem overeating or experiencing overeating is very normal. But then in the long term, you do become fearful of kind of feeling deprived or or hungry. And that's because there are very real neurological effects to starvation and to restriction and some of them happen very quickly and so if you were doing this whole restrictive thing you know you had this restrict kind of binge cycle going on for years it's going to take quite a while for for your body to kind of re-regulate and come accustomed to the fact that uh, you are no longer restricting and you're you're not starving and so you know some of these neurological effects are like your brain basically becomes over attentive to food and food increases its reward value so you become more attracted to food and i think that if we were to look at it even a little bit further if studies were to look in it there would be a very real fear of feeling hungry or or not getting enough food and i just i think that is part of the neurological response so having you know, giving yourself time, having patience through that process, uh, understanding that it's it you're you're gonna have to have a little bit of a, a regulation again, and and to what you know what we would call normal eating, um, that's that's a very real thing, and I and I will say that I experienced it too. I don't know about you, Steph, but I I definitely for the first few years after that I did a lot of restricting. I really had a fear, and I would get kind of like you know, just anxious. I would say anxious and worried if I didn't have food. And I do take food with me now everywhere. Like I, it's just a thing. Like it's always in my book bag or whatever. Like I always bring food, but that's mostly because I just want to have food if I'm hungry or I want to have food if something's not available. So, and I know that I have sensitivities to a lot of things. I just don't want to be in a situation where I, you know, my, I get, I I get exposed to something that's going to cause me distress. So... Yeah, and it is a real thing for me that if I fast for uh, too long, right? Mm-hmm. And this isn't, I don't do it on purpose, but I go to the library and, you know, I just, I don't leave. <laughs> and it can impact my sleep negatively. And so I do live with a constant awareness of when my next meal is going to be. But I've also just kind of like shrugged my shoulders at it and been like, I'm done worrying about this. <laughs> you know, just, I'm, um, I want to worry about other stuff. So (laughs) (laughs) mostly about how terrible men are. Mostly that's what I worry about these days. Um, (laughs) Or about which never, hopefully. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm totally there. I think that the increased sensitivity and awareness is a real thing. I think, um, I think that's okay. I just, I really do think like, don't panic about there being something wrong with you. If you end up waiting to eat, I think that's okay. If you end up eating, I think that's okay. If you end up eating a lot and then a lot again, right? Like all of the things are, all of the options are okay. Right. Just keep keep on trucking and doing what you can to balance the various needs that you perceive in your head. And over time you will learn, you know, what works better for you and eventually to to think about it less. It's just, um, you know, it takes Takes, these things take time. It takes a long time to like rewire this way of thinking that you had been right. So accustomed to for so long. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Question number two is from Mary Kate. Dear Stephanie and Noelle Ansimer, first off, thank you for doing the podcast. I really like the focus on bio-individuality and health, functionality, overweight, slash traditional beauty. You two spoke a few weeks ago regarding a friend's husband who always belittled heavier people. What do you do when you have a father who belittles you regarding your weight, slash body when you have a history of disordered eating. You mentioned limiting, eliminating contact. However, I can't really limit my exposure. And for the most part, my dad is really good and an affectionate and sweet father. My dad has started to call out my weight gain 
My dad started to call out my weight gain in eighth grade by pinching my thigh and telling me that I was getting a little bit hefty. This continued throughout high school with additional comments about getting chunky or soft. He always said these comments while poking my quote-unquote muffin top or grabbing, grabbing the fat on my thigh, although I have never weighed more than 150 pounds at 5'10", and I know that I am not overweight. His comments still have left an indelible imprint. Up until the last few years, I was consistent and athletic. So two years ago, I went through a major depressive episode where I used food and exercise, in other words, she restricted food, to drop from a normal weight for my body to very underweight in a matter of three months. I am now up to a much healthier weight, and I have a much better but not entirely perfect relationship with food and exercise. My problem now that I have gained some needed weight, my dad's comments have have resumed. He sometimes compares my body to the body of other family members, i.e. blank has skinnier legs. He has grabbed my back fat and told me that I was getting soft slash marshmallowy. He constantly brings up the, f- uh, the fact that others have gained weight, which serves as a reminder of which of what he implicitly values. How do I get my dad to stop once and for all? His comments are hurtful. They are not the sole reason for an imperfect relationship, but they do hurt, trigger, restrictive thoughts. I want to be able to focus on having a healthy body that is able to strongly carry me up hills instead of thinking about the fact that my legs jiggle ever so slightly with each step. I want to focus on figuring out how to start having a period again 14 months, yes, PCOS. Lastly, I do not want to have any potential, I don't want any child of mine to have to deal with this. As I said earlier, my dad is not a bad guy. He just can be really unaware at times of the impact of his words. Thanks so much, (laughs) Steph. I know the whole time you're like, (laughs) okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we do this thing. As women, we do this thing, and I understand it because this is all that I do. Remember how I just said that thing about how I spend my life worrying about how terrible men are, and I wasn't going to talk about it again, but here I am. I'm going to talk about it right now. (laughs) We do do this thing where we're like, well, he's not a bad guy, but, right? He's a really good guy, but, and I totally, like, I get it because these guys aren't bad guys, but, (laughs) right? It, It... but they are completely 100% ignorant of what it is like to be a woman on so many levels, right? They don't have to worry about getting pregnant, right? Right? They don't have to worry about being physically assaulted by 50% of the people who live on the planet, right? They don't have to worry about this like huge oppressive thing and right. That like makes us think our bodies are not worthwhile and it's extraordinarily, um, invisible to them and extraordinarily upsetting to me and I'm not really sure what the solution is other than education right so I'm really curious about anything that you may have said or done talking with him but if we want men to to understand what we're going through we have to tell them unfortunately right like that burden has to fall on somebody and it, who's it going to fall on but us. So I, I am, I'm, I'm curious about what you've done. I'm curious about what you've told him and your feelings are super important, but you can like, if he's a fact guy, throw some facts at him. Like, did you know that being at this body fat percentage made me lose my fertility? Right. Did you know that like, this is like this amount of body fat is like important for women. Did you know that like, this the way talking to people what do you think how do you think it makes me feel when you talk to me like this right like what's going on there why do you why why are you talking to me like this what do you think it's going to do what is it going to bring to my life right like those sorts of conversations unfortunately i think are really the only way to to make changes if that's if that's the thing that you want to do is is sort of a right your relationship with your father in this way i think asking some questions about why he think that's okay or pointing out to him like some very good reasons you have for living the way that you do. I mean, that's, that's a good place to start. There's a lot more I'm sure we could do, but I think that's a good place to start. Summer, Noel. Yeah, no, I've got a lot to say. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I, I get this. I hear this. I hear this a lot. Um, 
especially, and I know this is airing after the holidays, but I've heard this a lot, like right around now, which is like mid December. Um, cause people are going home to their families and they haven't seen them in the while. And you know, they have certain family members that make comments about your weight. Like your body is your business. And, and this is just like a message to the world that, you know, we should never be policing other people's health or bodies. Like that's not our job. Your body and your health is your own business. And like, I don't want to make excuses for your dad, but often parents say these things out of protection. Like it's, it's their messed up way of, of trying to, protect us. So, but I'm not going to make excuses there. I think, you know, I don't know what you've said, like, like, like Steph said, like, I don't know what you've said to him, but I think that, you know, there's two different kind of ways to approach this. One is to take like a softer approach and actually just like sit down with your dad and say, like, I know you love me for who I am and I'd really love your support. It would mean the world to me if you didn't talk about my body or pinch my body anymore. Like, I know that, I know that, you know, I've been through some really difficult stuff with food and my body and I'm working through it and I'm starting to feel happier and healthier, but this makes me feel really bad when you do this. And I, it would mean a lot to me if I could get your support and if you could stop. So I think you have to be like really explicit and say what I want you to do and how I want you to stop. The other approach is really pulling out the big guns and like saying how devastating it's making you feel like just say like, I feel so ashamed when you grab my body or you talk about, you know, what I'm eating and it's devastating for me. And if you're trying to make me feel bad, so I'll change, it doesn't work. It only hurts me and it hurts our relationship. And I think you really need to like be explicit and, you know, let your emotions come out about it. Um, But in terms of like how you deal with it yourself, because like the way that you process it can, is really ultimately like the, the the most important thing, right? Like we can, we can't change. We can't always change the way people are treating us. Um, You know, sometimes we need to cut people out of our life if they're consistently not making us feel good. But for you, like, I think it's really important for you to know, Mary Kate, that whatever he's doing or saying tells you nothing about you. Like it only gives you information about your dad and whatever that information might be, just that he has these really messed up, you know, cultural beliefs that he's bought into. He maybe is trying to protect you in a way that is uncomfortable because he doesn't know how to speak about it. Like, I don't know, but it tells you nothing about you. And I think just reinforcing that within yourself is really important. And then the other piece of that is because I did have family members that made comments about me quite a bit Um, like it turns really ugly inside if you keep it bottled up. So sharing it with a friend, um, uh, like a, a therapist, a coach, like whatever, just making sure that you're not bottling up that anger because that can really simmer inside and, um, take you away from healing your relationship with food and yourself. Like it'll, it'll, you'll turn it inward and it'll kind of set you back. So it's really important to talk about it and let it out and let some of those emotions out with other people if, if someone is hurting you. But I think in terms of dealing with your dad, it's got to be like direct approach. Like you got to just tell him that it needs to stop or it's going to, you know, affect your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I would really focus too on, on just your feelings and how it makes you feel. And I also think Mary Kate, by the way, this is not her real name. So, um, I also think that if you, if you really focus on (laughs) kind of surrounding yourself with again, podcasts like this one and like summers, and you become more confident in the fact that your worth as a human being is not reliant on your weight. Your health does not rely on your weight. You can be healthy at a variety of weights and kind of becoming confident in that. Then you can actually help to re-educate your father when he makes comments. Uh, you can you can say things to him like this when you do sit down with him and say, look, you know, my self-worth as a human being isn't reliant on 
your the perception of being quote unquote soft or having fat around this portion of my back. In fact, it's really normal and that's okay. And I can be healthy and strong and whatever I want to be and capable with, uh, you know, just as I am right now and, you know, get him on board with you pursuing health because it seems like you do. It's really important for you to have a period to overcome the PCOS. And I would honestly tell him that maybe it's hard, but look, that's that's but your life, this is what you're going through and, and say, look, one day I, I would like to have children. I'd like to, to have my fertility. And so that's what I'm working on. I don't care about, you know, the whatever the, the like you just said, the the slight jiggle on your thighs. You care about the, the strength of, and your body being capable to take you up that hill. So I think um, that was a lot of great stuff there, Summer and stuff. We are so excited to welcome Wild Foods Company on as a supporter of the podcast because they provide products we absolutely love, including single-origin coffee, chocolate, tea, and grass-fed whey protein. Not only do the products taste amazing, they also are sustainably sourced in a way that respects the environment and the people who help to produce them. As a special offer for podcast listeners, Wild Foods Company is offering free shipping plus a free bag of their Wild Sweet Nibs when you use the code FREECOCONUTS, all caps, no spaces at checkout. Head over to wildfoods.co to shop and stock up or check out the show notes for more information. Again, that's wildfoods.co. So question number three is from Ashley, which is also a fake name. Hint, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, <laughs> I, am, <laughs> I am a new listener and I'm absolutely in love with your podcast. You're a joy to listen to and have already helped me with so many things. I'm particularly loving your talks about body image, which has led me to what I am writing you about today. I was overweight between the age of 15 and 28. I am now 30, with my highest weight being 250. Though calorie, through calorie counting and personal training, I lost 100 pounds. My body fat percentage is great. I do CrossFit. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm stronger and fitter than ever. I eat really well. I have zero health complications. My gut is happy clothes. Shopping is fun and easy. My depression and anxiety has more or less disappeared. My skin is better. My energy levels are stable. The list of positive things goes on and on. However, there is a big negative. My body image sucks. And as I'm sure you know, this can snowball into a number of other issues. I'm still extremely self-conscious about certain parts of myself. I look like I've had a couple kids and not bounced back from pregnancy well, which I would be fine with if I had beautiful little babies or two to show off for it. And I've had a body scan done recently and my visceral fat is good. So I think that most of what I have left there is indeed skin, which is very hard for me to accept. If I think about it or look at it too long, I get seriously depressed. And let's not not talk about the girls. The body image issues manifest in other ways too. It's not just hard to look in the mirror. Sex with my husband is very rare, partially due to painful intercourse, an issue I am seeking help with, but also I also hate being naked. I'm sh- I'm not sure if this relates, but I'm pretty sure the issue makes me very critical of myself at CrossFit too. At the end of the day, when a coach posts a pic a pic on the whiteboard in our Facebook group, I'm scanning the picture and looking at other people's times and weights and and comparing myself with theirs, and I feel like such a huge failure if I was slower or went lighter than people who I feel I should be keeping up with because we joined around the same time or whatever. I can't really figure out how it relates to my hating my loose skin, but I'm pretty sure it does. It can get me down so much that I have to take a few days off of training to get myself back into a good headspace. When I started my weight loss journey, I had pictured it in my head of what it would look like at the end, and this is not what I had in mind. I read blogs and articles about extreme weight loss online, and they all pretty much say in the end, so I got a tummy tuck, and now life is perfect. I don't want to do that to myself. I can't bear the thought of someone slicing up my body. This skin is very hard to live with, but I need to find a way to accept it. How can I do this and move forward? Thanks so much. Keep being wonderful. The first thing I would like to do, Ashley, is um, (laughs) direct you to, um, maybe you found her already, but Stacey Toth at paleoparents.com has written about this a lot on her blog, and we will link to it in the show notes, hopefully. Uh, No, (laughs) we will. will. (laughs) Wes, we will. And 
she used to weigh, I think, around 300 pounds. And she lost more than 100. And she developed, like, a lot of excess skin. And she posts pictures and everything. And she is basically unapologetic about it. The thing about her skin, for Stacy, her excess skin, and she wears Spanx all the time. And she talks about it all the time. You know, she's very open about it. It's a real thing. It's a real thing that happens when you lose weight. It's just it's just something that happens. And what this is, it's a even if somebody like took a snapshot photo of you or just passed you at the mall, right? They could make some sort of terrible judgment about you or the quality of who you are based on whatever, the way that you look or how your skin hangs off of you. And the thing is they know absolutely nothing about you, absolutely nothing about your history. And absolutely nothing about what you and your body have been through. And every single aspect of your body, all of ours, right? No matter who we are, where we've been, what we've been through, everything in our bodies tells a story. And this part of you, like, it tells the story of where you've been and the huge strength you had, like, converting to paleo and becoming healthier and more energetic and going to CrossFit and motivating yourself and doing all of these things for probably so many fabulous reasons I can't even think of and probably, you know, others, right? But whatever, you've you've been a champion and this is a part of your story of being a champion for the sake of your health and, and your happiness and wellness. And so really, that's, I think, the most important little bit that I can contribute here. I check out what Stacy says. Maybe she'll just resonate with you in terms of your stories and help you feel a little bit more comfortable. And like you have a sister in this, you know, cause not everybody gets tummy tucks. And, um, and I think that you can be in a position and maybe you can talk to your husband about this, right? Like ask him how he feels, talk about what's happened to you, talk about what your skin means to you and what it means to him. And perhaps it's something that he finds sexy because it's a part of you and it's a part of this journey you've been on. You know, I, that's something I think that's worth communicating about. And if not, you know, express your fears and desires. And that's sort of right. Like marriage, you're supposed to communicate about these things. So anyway, I recommend that. And of course with CrossFit, I mean, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I'm glad when people enjoy anything, I hope (laughs) I would hope, I think, what I get from people is that most CrossFit gyms tend to be a pretty supportive environment. And I have a feeling that the reservations you have there don't come from the people so much as they come from your sort of comparing yourself to them. Right. And so perhaps trying to open your ears up to the encouragement from the rest of the group will help. Um, if they're not encouraging, then (laughs) maybe a new box is in order. Who knows? Um, But it sounds like maybe if you can open up the way that you think about these things and and talk about them with the people around you who are doing them, you'll find that their judgment is not nearly as harsh as the one you are imposing on yourself. And there's a lot more, but I'm going to pass that mic. Yeah, I love – I was going to talk about your body's story too. So I'm so glad you brought that one one up because – yeah, I think it, I think it's so important that we, you know, offer ourselves a lot of forgiveness for whatever you know we've done in the past, whatever our body's been through, and know that yeah, it does it it tells that story. So I'll just add to some of that stuff. Um, you know, body image is really like it's really about your mindset. So as you've kind of experienced, like changing your body doesn't always change your body image. Um, And when we talk, when I talk about body image, like it's really talking about unconditional love for yourself. So it's important to look at what conditions you've maybe put on yourself. So, you know, if you're still weighing yourself on a scale or if you have clothes that maybe don't fit well, or if you're exposing yourself to like triggering media, that's making you not feel good about your body um, get rid of all of those things, you know, like if, if you're always looking at all these other bodies that don't look like your own, it's going to make you feel bad about yourself. Of course it is. So it's really important that we look at the media that we're taking in and we change that. And 
fortunately, there's a lot of amazing body positive people who share pictures of their imperfect bodies online. And exposing ourselves to that can really help us to just feel more normal. Like, and it just exposes you to a broader range of bodies because every body looks different. Like the ones we see in the media represent such a small, minute percentage of the population. So Stacey Toth is obviously like an amazing role model in that realm. Another really good one is um, Love Your Lines. So they post all these images of women with like their loose skin, their stretch marks, um, things like that. And another really good one is F Your Beauty Standards. And there's tons more. Like if you start looking in like Googling body positivity or looking up those hashtags and just look at, look at those pictures and look at those pictures of those women and start to normalize that, um, bodies for yourself, uh, so that you're not always comparing yourselves to like the quote unquote, you know, cultural ideal. Um, the other thing I'll add to that is to really think about moving to just a place of like, you know, acceptance and, um, with your body. So it doesn't, you don't have to jump to like loving your body, but even if you just come to this place of acceptance where you look at yourself in the mirror and maybe you can say like, okay, I really like my hair. I really like, like my lips. I like my feet. Like I'm okay with my hands. All right. It's mainly my stomach that really makes me feel upset. At least you, then you can sort of see it for what it is and, and like realize that like, okay, no, I'm actually okay. Like I can accept a lot of myself here. I don't necessarily have to love it right now, but I can just accept what it is. And from that point, you can start to move into the space where you can like have gratitude for like the parts of your body that perhaps um, have driven you to feel negative negatively about yourself. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is that like so much about body image is really fear. Um, you know, we have like a fear of judgment, a fear of rejection, a fear of shame, a fear of not feeling good enough. And it's really important to work through some of that stuff, like maybe with like a coach or, you know, a therapist, like to, to uncover some of the deep rooted fears that are maybe kicking around that are causing you to, that are impacting perhaps like your, you know, your comfort level being naked around your husband. Um, and just some of the beliefs that you have about yourself that are causing you to, you know, want to compare yourself to other people. Cause comparisons are really the result of just beliefs that we have about ourselves. Um, and just ta- being able to talk about that with somebody and like really get to some of that would be, uh, probably very helpful for you. Yep, I would have to agree. And I would also just reiterate here that you do not have to, you don't have to go from the way you're feeling now, which you feel very down and out about, you you say your body image just sucks. Like, the goal is not to go from uh, where you are now to like, loving your body unconditionally, right? So break it up, break it up into sections, maybe just move towards like acceptance, just like Summer said, and and being like, cool, I'm okay with it. Like, I don't have to think that everything is perfect and wonderful. And I have a just a like, every, you know, everything's butterflies about my body image. Like you just it, it you don't have to expect that of yourself, you can really just move slowly through that process. And just by taking little steps, I would really encourage you just to do the little things. We really outlined a ton, like we took two episodes on it, uh, episode 27 and 28. Please print out those, um, that printable guide. Again, it's just coconutsandkettlebells.com slash episode 27 and kind of go through each of those things. And a lot of those things are little and small, like st- like um, Summer said, to take, remove the people, the things in your life that just surround you with one idea of a body and the one idea of what this ideal body looks like and just remove that stuff from your life and start to introduce other things into your life that bring about bodies in all shapes and sizes and you know we've talked about this before too when you when things or thoughts are like degrading um statements about yourself come into your head you know proactively figure out when those statements happen if it's around a certain person or a thing or a place and 
proactively figure out ways to not have to engage with that and um, think of things that you can replace those thoughts with. A lot, like Summer said, everything is mentality and, and mindset. And so if you can write down some of the statements that we made in that podcast before down on like a sticky note or whatever and have them on a piece of paper, I used to do this because you get inside your head so much. And like when you are speaking negatively about yourself to yourself, it's really helpful just to be like, yeah, no, not going to say it. That is wrong. Um, that's, that's, I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to listen to that. And I'm going to replace it with this statement or with this thought. And so doing a little bit of research about what some of those statements are for you and, and really just, again, you have, a, you have a lot to be uh, thankful for. You have a lot that you can write down there about all the things that your body does and how it's capable and how, you know, you're feeling great and you have energy and all that stuff. You can write a lot of that stuff down to remind yourself when you start to speak uh, negatively about yourself and, and your body. So again, go download that, um, that downloadable guide. And also, Summer, I think you have a book about this. Do you not? <laughs> I do. I okay. do. Okay. Yes. It's a, if you go to Amazon, you can find it. Body okay. Image Remix. Yes. Um, Body Image that, Remix. That really digs into like some of that stuff, like discovering and challenging and resetting the beliefs that, that you have that are, you know, holding you back from just being you and being like unapologetically you um, and being able to just start living your life instead of, you know, putting it on hold and letting, you know, your, your body define who you are. Yeah. Okay. So we'll link to that book in the show notes. Um, That's it for us. Summer, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. You definitely upped our coolness factor. (laughs) Yeah. Well, to be clear, uh, it wasn't, you didn't have to do much to make us cooler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't a whole lot. Don't feel to too with. good about that statement. I mean, oh, yeah. summer's oh. amazing, but you could just like, you know what I mean? You could just walk into the right. room and it's like, all right, yeah. like, thank God there's someone else here. Yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. you guys are awesome. So thank you. Tell us where we can find you besides you know, well, no, mention that again, your website, podcast, all that stuff. Sure. You can find me at summeranonin.com. Or if you can't spell that name, you can go to the bodyimagecoach.com and all my stuff is there, including my free 10 day body confidence makeover. That's at summeranonin.com forward slash freebies. Um, I also have a 21 day program called the 21 step body image remix, which is the actual program that was, um, that takes you step by step through how to start to, you know, embrace your body and unleash that fierce, confident woman within, which is um, the the precursor to the book, which is actually more the sequel to the book. But anyways, it doesn't matter. They're, they're both great. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matters. You can find that at bodyimageremix.com. So. And, and my fearless, podcast is yeah. Rebel Radio. Fearless and Rebel Radio. Okay. R-E-B-E-L-L-E. I like to make things really difficult for people to find. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll link to all of the stuff in the show notes, the website and the book and the podcast and the freebie, all of the stuff from summer. From more from Stephanie, you can find her at paleoforwomen.com and me, Noel at coconuts and kettlebells.com. We will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>